Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm so excited to be joined by fellow foster mama, Caitlin Batten today. Thank you, Caitlin, for being here. Yes, I'm so excited to connect and Absolutely. the opportunity. Yes. So I stumbled across you on Instagram and I'm so glad that I did, but I would love for you just to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, absolutely. So I consider myself a newbie, definitely new to the foster care world. Um, We have a little bit of a unique story, how we kind of started. I mean, we weren't even fully licensed when we got our first little one. It was a PCSP, parental child safety placement. Um, And the way it worked, it kind of just was all Jesus, the way everything fell into place. But I have been in the anti-human trafficking world for about five years now. I work for a global anti-trafficking organization, and that's kind of what led us down this road of seeing the connection between foster care, vulnerable populations, and human trafficking. And so that's really kind of what sparked that we could get involved in this and do more and Yeah. So currently it's us, my husband, Tim, and we just had a new little one join our family about a month and a half ago. So our first girl went home and was reunified with her mom and her dad. And it was just such a beautiful story of reunification. And we love that we get to stay in contact with them, get updates. It's, I know it's a little abnormal, but it's the biggest blessing and gift. And so now we have our little, we call her BB and, um, she's just absolute joy. We say that she radiates joy inside and out and just inspires me to have more joy throughout my day. Every time you look at her, you're like, how could you not? But yeah, we're total newbies, total. It hasn't even been a year. So we are fresh, fresh in it. (laughs) That is good. I love that perspective because I think so many people, honestly, when they're just starting out or when they're just, you know, even thinking about becoming foster parents, they're trying to like, listen to all the podcasts and read all the books and gather all the information. I think the most helpful thing for me was hearing other foster parents speak at all different, you know, points on the journey. So I'm glad that you are kind of fresh in it. So what has this journey been like for you just from the time that you got that first like call to now? Yeah, I feel like we definitely, I mean, A, first of all, in our training, I don't know about everyone else listening, but we were always told like, you're never going to get babies, which is fine. You know, we were like, we're in it for, you know, we're in it for the right reasons. We're not here. And both of our girls have come to us at, you know, 12 days old and BB came to us about three months old. So it's so funny jumping into not only foster care, but we've never been parents, let alone. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we went from, how do you, how do you burp a baby? How, you know, we didn't have that nine months of preparation, um, if we had conceived our own child. So we were really quickly learning, you know, you have to sanitize bottles. Okay. You have to do, you know, those Dr. Brown bottles have so many, Oh my gosh. I'm like (laughs) doing all of, all of the pieces. So I feel like we really got thrown into the deep end of everything. 
but no, it's been a total great adventure. I mean, hard, obviously it's Mm -hmm. incredibly hard and frustrating and difficult. I feel like I've used Google more than I have in my entire life. Googling literally everything because we don't know anything about babies. And so, yeah, it's been a journey. I think just from that first call, I mean, actually for us, it happened with an Instagram DM. That's how unique our first was just, yeah, getting to know what it looks like to love and support bio families and how to do that. Well, I think we came in I feel like a lot of parents often do like, I'm here for the kid, the kid alone. And I feel very blessed that we've been shaped and learning. And, you know, of course, thanks to Jamie from foster the family, like her book just and her perspective, I'm like, okay, God, wow. There's actually so much more to what we signed up for. And so I feel like over the last couple of months, we've been just taken on this journey of what this could actually look like if we loved everyone involved, if we loved caseworkers, whether we agree or not, if we love and support our therapists and our ECI workers, if we honor families. And so that's been the biggest journey. I feel like, because we came into it with lots of love, we can give lots of love. We can give the support, but the moment that we release it open-handedly and give it to everyone that we're coming in contact with is when not only we're being transformed, but we're seeing transformation in their lives too, which is so unique and special that, mm-hmm. you know, you get in this journey. So true. And I love that you said it because so many people, myself included in the beginning, didn't know that that was a possibility or a thing. Like, it's like, oh yes, of course we have so much love to give. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking primarily, I was thinking of a child, you know, and it's like, wow. Like, but when you look at all the players that are coming into this, it's like, every single person here needs love. Every single person here needs support, kindness. Like how can I be, you know, loving and kind and Jesus to all these people that are here that need not just the kid in our care. Yeah. So how have you, how, how did that shift for you in the beginning when you kind of came in with this idea of like, yes, we're going to do this. We have this heart for, you know, vulnerable youth. And now all of a sudden you're like, wait, hold on. There's so many other people here that are vulnerable that need love as well. Yeah. Oh man. I feel things have just shifted so drastically. And I think, and I, again, I know not every situation is going to be like our first where we still have this beautiful relationship, even though it's been, you know, four months since we said goodbye and moved, they moved to a different state. And, but I just think it shows what happens when you water something. I mean, we talk all about like plants, you planting a seed, you water it, you're investing in it. And then all of a sudden we've gotten the pleasure of seeing what that can really develop into. And we're, we're the ones that are impacted too. I mean, you hear that all the time of, oh, they're so lucky. You know, all of the things that people say, bless their heart (laughs) in the South, but we're the ones being impacted so much. I mean, you know, we went in with these intentions and yet we're the ones leaving. Yes. Brokenhearted at times and frustrated. And, but we're also leaving so impacted and changed. I feel like I've done so much growth in just a year of life that I have, you know, in decades. And so it's so fascinating to see how much development you get when you actually come in wholeheartedly and, you know, not just for yourself, if I'm going to be the savior and, you know, everything changes, everything changes. And we just have such a beautiful relationship with all of these people involved, like you were mentioning. And it's so cool 
because they get to experience Jesus in ways they might not have expected. And, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a gift and it's a hard, hard thing to accept that responsibility. Uh, don't get me wrong. It is not, not to sugarcoat anything, but yeah, we've loved the journey so far and are lucky to look past those this last year and see like, wow, a lot of people have been changed. Like we're not the only ones being changed, which is cool. Even, you know, community and my parents and his parents and people who are along the journey with us, they're, they're also witnessing this and their perspective is being shifted and they're, you know, we're, we're all getting this new perspective on how everyone's involved in this big story, but we all play our parts and how do we do that? And so, yeah. So good. It's so true. I was just talking to um, my sister-in-law today. My brother and sister-in-law are just finishing their foster care licensing process. And she was saying to me, she's like, I didn't realize how much like the opioid crisis has gotten worse since COVID started. And then she paused and she was like, I guess I didn't have to realize it because it doesn't impact my daily life. And I was like, it's so true. I'm like, it doesn't, nobody has to recognize it. Nobody has to think about all the issues that impact vulnerable kids and their families every single day until you willingly look and step into that work. So I love your perspective too, of just like even widening that vision for our families and our friends and our communities to see, look at the world, look at the places outside of where we even reside. There's so much that we can be doing um, and be aware of at least, you know, that we want before. Yeah. And to your point, I feel like over the last year, even in that process of getting licensed, I just didn't realize you can go into a perspective. Like I'm rescuing this child from bad people. I'm like, I love our girl's bio mom. I, uh, she's so strong the way that she fought for her daughter. I'm like, I have so much respect and I will be the first one to honor and celebrate the work that she put in so that she can bring her daughter home. And like, I'm not going to deny that she's a fighter. She she's overcoming a lot of hard things. And I was like, I'm going to praise her because she deserves Mm -hmm. that. I would hope that someone would champion me if I invested all of that work into therapy, into going to celebrate recovery and all of these different resources lined Mm -hmm. up in front of me. And like that person, regardless of our viewpoints on different things, they deserve to be honored because they work hard and they love their child. And that's the biggest shift of like parents, the way I see bio parents, they still love their kids. I love their children, but they love them even more. So in, you know, even if reunification isn't possible, that doesn't diminish that they, that doesn't change their love for them. That is the absolute truth that they love their child. And I think that's been the biggest shift of how I view people involved. Like, Oh my gosh, you know, this isn't about me. And this is about, family and it's just completely has shifted. And I feel like I can go into it with a lot of joy, even though we're getting so attached. And even though I look at this little one as my daughter, I still am just so inspired and so motivated to support and honor however I can, because that's how Jesus sees her. Like he sees us the same, like we are not better parents of one another. We might parent differently, but he sees us on equal playing level. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if he could see us that way, I'm like, what am I doing? Viewing her from looking down? What am I doing? You know? So uh, I'm like going to cry because I just had, this is the day we're recording this. We just had our kiddos bio mama um, consent to TPR and adoption. And, you know, 
so so there have been times over the past few years of our journey of you know now we're going to be adopting two of her children and it's like there have been people in my life who well-meaning have said things about her that are just not kind and are not loving and I know it's because like you know there have been times where she's hurt me or there have been times you know and I get it like they're coming from a place of love and protection but I'm like as you said it's so important to honor them at all times. And I feel like that's one lesson that I've really learned in an area that I've really grown in, in my foster care journey, because I'm going to look in my kid's face someday and it might be someday soon and be, and tell them, you know, yeah, she loved you. She loved you. She just couldn't take good care of you, but she did love you. And hopefully someday that means they can have a relationship with her down the road. You know, that's what we're hoping for. But when people say things that are um, degrading or, or really just unkind to bio family or about bio family. I I do think it's our job as foster parents to step in and kind of confront that a little bit and just say, you know what? Because here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people too, it's like the people who are saying it are like, tend to be like, I don't, I don't want to start a whole thing, but like pro-life, you know what I mean? So if you're pro, if can we celebrate this woman's choice to give life against all odds to these children? Like, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, just like, wow, no matter what, like we can honor and respect yeah. the difficult, the difficulty she's been through in her life and the difficult way that she brought children into this world, but chose to do that for them wow. and an act of love for them. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I, I'm all about celebrating where honor is due. And I do think, like you said, people come from the sweetest, you know, yeah. they're your teammates. They're yeah serve this child. It's just like, we're looking at it all the wrong way. Like we're looking, let's shift our perspective a little bit. And yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I just love your willingness to kind of continue to be learning and you're willing, like, you just seem like a very like humble, you know, person, a very humble servant in this way of just like, you know, there's a lot that I thought at the beginning of this, that now I don't really see it that way. And it hasn't even been a year yet. And I just think that is such a beautiful like thing to witness because it's so important to have that humility as we do this thing that is so nuanced. There is no, you know, overarching statement that we can make. That's like, always going to be true all the time, except for, (laughs) as you said, like everyone deserves love. (laughs) We're all just here doing the best we can. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So what so far, Caitlin, has been like a, a very like big opportunity for growth for you? Um, how have you grown the most so far on this journey? I definitely like outside of bio family. I, I mean, I definitely think I went into it with this crazy perspective of I'm better. And that's not the case um, at all. So that's the why I'm so open and willing to talk about like I went in that way, you know, our first you're a bad person. That is not the case like at all. And so I think there's been a lot of growth in that area, as well as just taking the opportunity to talk about this crisis in our country. Um, I will always be the first to admit of how, you know, I, at a young age, was like, Oh, I'm going to adopt someday. I'm going to go overseas and do all of these things. And even in, you know, 
young adult life, doing mission trips and things like that, having just this very narrow-minded perspective on adoption. And I think I've grown so much, even just this last year of that is not always the case. And we can do something here. And now I don't have to wait and organize my schedule on when I can do this and when I can say yes to this. It's like, we can actually, whether we're volunteering, whether we open our homes, like I can actually, I play a part and I can help mobilize people and, you know, light that passion in them. Because I do think we all play some sort of role in this journey and in this environment. And so I think there's been a lot of growth and boldness of talking about it. I never thought I would share even these moments on social media, but it's been wild to see all of these people, like how we've connected over social media and these new relationships and people, you know, actually starting to think maybe I could do this, or maybe I could support this way, or, you know, just being vulnerable and honest and inviting people into the process, because I'm very much, you know, you don't share your struggles, you don't share your needs. And even just a couple of weeks ago, I mean, we're still in this middle of the crisis of formula, you know, it is what it is. We're in this crisis and, you know, old me would probably be like, I'm not going to share that. We have this need that's embarrassing. I don't want people to think I can't meet needs Mm. for our child, you know, all of these narratives and the moment, just put it out there. This is what we need. This is what our girl needs. Mm -hmm. She needs a higher calorie formula. We can't find it. And then within 24 hours, you know, we have 30 something cans being sent from all over. I mean, one of our friends drove 300 miles in Michigan to over 15 stores getting, it's just people would never know. And I think that's been a lot of growth of, I, you can be used as an outlet for people to serve in capacities you don't realize, but you have to be vulnerable. You have to put yourself out there and you know, some people might be like, you're sharing too much. You're you're too open. I don't, I'm not here for that. That's okay. But chances are 99% of the other people are so excited for the opportunity to serve your family and to meet needs in ways that they might not be able to do like you're doing. So I think, yeah, I think there's been a lot of growth and asking for help and stepping out and sharing our needs and it's hard to do, but you know, necessary. (laughs) Yeah. And I love everything that you just said is so important. The vulnerability. I mean, it's not easy to be vulnerable. It's not easy to ask for help. Yeah. I just posted a video literally today of myself, like crying of like all the things I was feeling, but I was like, this is real. This is what it really looks like. And I think it's important for people to see this is what it really looks like for us. I want to see what it really looks like for you. And, And I think we do really you know, an an impactful thing by being able and willing to share vulnerably, even if it's difficult for us. So I appreciate your willingness to do that. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I want people to be able to connect with you online. So where is the best place for them to do that? I am so basic when it comes to my Instagram, it's just my first and last name. So Caitlin Baton, that's, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all of the goods, but yeah, easy, easy to find. I don't have a cool, unique name like yours. I'm, oh. you know. <laughs> no, I like too, your name is actually cool. I feel like my name was like, there's just too many letters. And too, many, <laughs> too many characters. <laughs> <lot> going on <laughs> here, so. I know. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us and um, yeah, keep us posted on your journey and we'll be praying for you guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy.